Welcome back to Essential Dynamics. I'm Reed McCollum, your gorgeous host. And yes, in answer to the many letters and inquiries we've received, that is me playing the guitar. I'm here with Derek Hudson, who is a business guru whose entire philosophy of business on Essential Dynamics has spurred this podcast. Derek, how are you? I'm fine, but for the last few episodes, I keep making a mental note to remind you that to not call me a guru. Oh, sorry. And, uh, so now I'm just going <laughs> to do it on air. Uh, um, okay. But, but uh, you know, I was I just looking at you there in your ashram. No, well, thought. sure, sure. So, you know, and I have been on the top of a mountain. So <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I learned from, uh, from Ian Chisholm at Roy Group. He's a great guy. I learned uh, from him that the word mentor is a gift word. You can't call yourself a mentor, but other people can say, you know, Derek's my mentor. And I think guru is kind of the same thing. I I, I think think so too. If anyone comes up and says, I'm a guru, they better be like in the right monkish order to be called a guru. (laughs) Or if it's the business term, someone else has to give it to them. I say it with affection. So So I... I think I, your bar is low, but I accept <laughs> uh, the sentiment. So thank you. All right, you. all right. I'm just a student of the life. Okay, that? well, as a student of the life, we've been talking, Derek, about uh, some one of the quotes I wanted to pick up from you before was uh, we've been talking about the individual and the group. In our people, path, and purpose exploration uh, about essential dynamics, one thing we've one quote we've come across is the individual versus, or the individual and the group. And I want to know uh, who the group is. Is the is the group the other people you're working with? So it is, but you know, I just had this realization only just a few weeks ago as I was working through this that I think the group is a thing, and a group is not a bunch of people. It's its own entity. It's a separate entity. And I kind of want to explore what that means because I think it can be really helpful if we think of the group as uh, an entity that uh, we as individuals have to have to deal with and respond to. Well, now it sounds like the title of a Stephen King novel. Uh, the group. The group. <laughs> Are you saying it's a, it's a force to be reckoned with what? on its own? Sure. So... You know, I've done some work recently with uh, with companies. I think I mentioned this before. You know, owner managed companies that grow up over the years, and at some point, the owner realizes that the company is bigger than they are. I don't mean in size. I mean that the company is this living entity that has the suppliers and the customers and the employees and the money all kind of intertwined in this system that is you know, could survive without the owner um, and needs to be considered separate from the owner. And that was one of the ways that I came up with this idea of purpose X and purpose Y is the entity needs its own purpose, needs to be recognized. So when I'm thinking about the individual and the group, before we said that as individuals, we have this inherent need to be true to ourselves, to be kind of, you know, our own purpose our own person to have personal autonomy or as my kids used to say, you know, you're not the boss of me. I'm the boss of you. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so there's that, but there's also this. Did they say it to you or did they say it to their, 
to their siblings. Oh, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, this is, this is an innate part of being human is recognizing that we have our own agency. And really? you see it, you know, you see it in, that's why the terrible twos are the kid finally can verbalize, you know, his feelings, which are, you're not the boss of me. Mm-hmm. So, so there's, there's that part of it. But then on the other side, we, we really want to desperately belong to other people and we want to belong to the group. And that's natural tension because the group doesn't want everything we have to offer as individuals. But, but my, my thinking of this group as a separate entity from the people, it was a, a few different ways. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if our, if our uh, production guru, Bryn, uh, jumps in on this, but, if you think about a sports team, uh, a sports I think, team. I think Bryn has thought about a sports team. Yeah, I think he has. But, you know, a sports team over a period of a few years, uh, the people come and go. But the team has a culture which endures beyond, like it, it might have, you know, the same or a similar culture after a 100% change in the personnel. And so I think Brent's going to talk about it. I will jump in. I think that that's the most important part of a sports team beyond the talent. You know, you obviously have to get the talent going in the same direction. But the culture from inside the room, as I always like to say in sports, is is essential. If you don't have the right culture, it doesn't matter the talent. And and that's a great analogy as far as I'm concerned. I I don't want to speak too much, but I totally, totally see where you're going with that. Okay, so thank you, Brent. Now let me try another one. This just occurred to me. You know, we were talking about um, Hawaii Gate and how in uh, the province of Alberta, some government officials told us to stay home for Christmas and then they didn't. Right. Um, And in January, we found out that several, many across Canada have gone, politicians have spoken out of both sides of their mouths. I've been shocked, shocked, I tell you. So then, then our mayor, Don Iverson, and I have no idea where he went for Christmas, but I'm pretty sure based on what he said that he was close to home, he said to the people of Edmonton, uh, don't let that bad behavior uh, take away your resolve to follow the restrictions so that we can beat this virus. And I think that's uh, that was one of the ways that helped me understand that we can be um, loyal to the group or committed to the group when the other people in the group aren't. When you say group, you're also including management. In this case, the politicians who told us to stay home in the first place. Sure. So, I mean, I'm going to go further. I'm going to say, um, let's talk about a marriage. Okay. Oh. So a marriage is two people, you know, hopefully for a long, long time. Um, so you could think about a marriage as the interaction of two individuals. So there's no group. There's just two individuals, um, two individuals who are both saying you're not the boss of me, which is true. Um, but that creates, uh, you know, a challenging dynamic where there's these, you know, contesting wills on different topics. And yet you both have to be in the same same area. You both have to agree on a process. If you're going to parent, you both have to agree on a, a way to do it. Well, what we read, are when going you, to stand. 
when you said you both have to be in the same area. Um, so my wife and I are empty nesters. Uh-huh. Um, right before COVID, we went on a two-week vacation. There were no restrictions at the time, which is now yeah, what I have yeah. to say. <laughs> um, we came back on the day that you got locked down if you came back mm-hmm. in March. And um, so then we were two weeks together, just us on vacation, two weeks locked down. And then when we came out, there was no place to go because everything was locked down. So for 10 months now, uh, my wife and I have been, you know, almost inseparable. Ah. Um, so yeah, you know, that's a, that's a different relationship than any other relationship that I have with anyone or ever had. But, you know, I was thinking about this and if you think about, uh, the marriage is the group and there are two individuals who you know, are involved in the group. I can be loyal to the marriage even when the other party is harder or more complicated to relate to. That's really a good analogy. So the group is made up of individuals who still have their own autonomy. But but you're talking about marriage as a a concept. You can be loyal to the group in this case. Yeah, I get that. So the idea that two people can come together and make something better is stronger than the the individual um, you know, failings of each of the people. I relate to this. I, something you said earlier uh, that people, that managers begin to think that the work is bigger than they are. If I may uh, may return to that for a thought, I. I get that very much. It's one of the things to which I aspire when I'm directing or I'm actually in or producing a play or a, a, a performance of some kind. And it, it, as well as my purpose X is to entertain, my purpose Y is also to find that moment when it becomes, it, it's an ethereal thing. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it becomes by everybody's putting it, putting their efforts together. It becomes bigger than you are. Sure. And it's not just about me. And uh, that's a very fulfilling moment when everybody is working toward the same goal and you have some success in achieving that. It's, it becomes a, its, own, its own entity, if you will. Sure. That's, a, that's what I'm talking about. In, in fact, there's a great book. We'll... Uh when we get a podcast page with show notes and links, we'll put the link in because I'm going <laughs> to butcher the guy's name. But uh, the author of the book is, I think, Mahaili Chismahaili. And the book is called Flow. Yes, I do know that book. Yeah, and uh, that's what he talks about is that sort of time of peak performance. And, and just and incidentally, Mahali Chismahali is my stage name. Well, I can see why you picked that. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, so that flow can happen as an individual, but it can also happen in a group. And in fact, I think generally it's more powerful when it happens in a group because you look over it and it's like, are you feeling what I'm feeling? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I had a director once who would point to the ar- point to his arm hairs. Yeah. And if they were standing up, he would. That's all we had to say. Eventually, he would yeah. just point to his arm hairs. And if they were standing up, then we were doing well. <laughs> Goosebumps. Yeah. Goosebumps. So, 
So I think if you, if you aspire to that kind of experience, you know, in a group, then you can deal with a lot of the limitations of all of the individuals. But if you're only doing the math of uh, this person did this and that person did that, um, then your concept of what the group's capable of or, or your commitment to respond to the group is way below its potential. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to go back to politics here for a second. Um, you know, we saw that thing happen in the States with the election and stuff like that. <clears throat> what I think is going to prevail is the commitment of the people of the United States of America to the idea of the United States of America. So the group will, uh, will prevail. I, I like that thought. I hope it's true. So if it's strong enough, um, then the idea of this collective, if that's strong enough, then, you know, an individual, even one in, you know, with a lot of power, you know, isn't as big a factor as you might think. That's actually strangely comforting somehow. Uh, all right. Well, how do you, how do you deal with individuals who are, contrary or deliberate for whatever their reasons are, their purpose Y is contrary to purpose X. So if, if you're talking from a manager's point of view, um, Bryn had, you know, one of the points, which is that you create a culture that supports the thing that you're trying to accomplish. And then, you know, in my mind, you select people who can fit the culture. But that culture has to be accommodating to different styles or points of view if you want to have different kinds of people as part of your culture. So if you have, uh, you know, if we're talking about the sort of base unit of marriage, guaranteed, you're going to have two different people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're talking about um, a play, uh, which I love that we can go back and forth on this. Um, and you're only talking about the cast. E- even the idea that's in the play is going to, there's going to be conflict, which means you have to cast the parts, uh, w- you know, from sort of different points of view. And you're probably going to get individual actors who, you know, either can play that role or being typecast. Right. And so you've, Created uh, conflict, your conflicting ideas within the culture of the play you're trying to do. Is that is that fair to say? Of course it is, and that's what you try to work out in rehearsal: is both bring up the conflict, address the conflict, mm-hmm. and then suppress the conflict. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, is that something that you use? Like those of course it is. I, what I just said, I just Can that's you? my. It's a personal philosophy. It's not one that I've re- I've learned. But I, uh, Martin Landau, the uh, Academy Award winning actor used to say his definition of, of uh, method acting was to uh, study, study the emotions, feel the emotions, suppress the emotions. And that was his definition of method acting. And I, I have always loved that. So that's what I'm, I'm paraphrasing there. So say it again from a director's point of view. Uh, study the conflict, feel the conflict, suppress the conflict. 
because that's our natural. What I've learned about crying on stage, for instance, is that uh, people don't naturally cry in public very often. And you get more emotional response from an audience when you are doing your devil best to not cry. And they get that. Uh, I think that's, that's playing the opposites. And if we want to go into that, we will in another podcast. But right now, you're just learning how to be a director, and I'm pretty sure that you're almost ready. This is crazy. I never in, intended uh, for that to happen, but I'm I'm uh, under your tutelage, so thank you. Well, I hope I hope Nicole is listening too. <laughs> so, so, taking these ideas, what you just said, into a management setting, um, when you talk about suppress the conflict, you know it's not a good idea to bury this stuff and not deal with it. But you know where I'm coming from in terms of this idea of working with. Uh, creative people who have this, you know, innate desire to express themselves individually um, is if you're making something that needs standardization or compliance with standard procedures, let's lay out all of our issues with this, the process the way it is. Now we're going to standardize it. So that's to suppress the conflict. And we're going to do it the way that we've all agreed. Yeah. And we got a project on the side to figure out what version two looks like. So I want to, I want to take all the creativity into the improvement effort, but I don't want freelancing on the shop floor because, you know, tab A won't fit into slot B. Right. So I need standardization. And that's one thing that I learned in manufacturing when I was at Microline was, uh, don't waste your creativity on reinventing all the stuff that you've already learned. So if this is the state of the art, let's run it. But now we're going to apply all our creativity to what version two is, but we're not going to infect the, the current operations with it until we've proven it. Now there's different, different kinds of people where some people, you know, love working in the world of compliance and standard procedures. I'm not one of them, but I value that. And then there are other people who really just want to be bouncing around the room. Right. Um, and so going back to the theater, you cast those people in different roles. Right. Right. And there, go ahead. It's, it's incumbent upon a director to also both utilize those talents that you see in the room, but also control them in in the basis of, in the concept of the group. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked about flow and I think we should finish. We finish on flow. Okay. Uh, because we, you know, we talked about the group being a separate entity and I've had this experience in team sports and on projects and, and other things is <clears throat> when everyone's doing their best, you know, their individual best, their whole, there are whole contributions in there. It's different from other people's, but it all fits together. Uh, that's when you get flow. I know. And that's, when, and that's when, that's when people are passing behind their back without looking and someone else is picking it up and, and you can't explain it. It just, it's just there. And that's a, that's a fantastic place to get to. <clears throat> and that's better than just being the boss of me. 
That's really well said, Derek. I sir, I really relate, uh, particularly uh, I, you remind me of my years in professional hockey when I played during the Gretzky years. Uh, but let's save that for another podcast right now. Derek, where can they reach you if they need to, if they want to say something to you? Easy to find me on the web. It's DerekHudson.ca. I look forward to hearing from people. I hope we do. And until then, consider your quest.